Holden, I finally got this cracked. All right. Harry Potter, beloved franchise, Saw. Equally beloved franchises, right? Yes. Saw Harry Potter. We need a crossover. You know what I'm saying? Okay. Here we go. Here it is. Okay. Wingardium Leviosa. <laughs> Was that it? Is that all yeah. you have fleshed out? <laughs> yeah. The they don't want us. <laughs> they don't want us to use these wands to break the chains. They want us to use these wands to cut off our feet. Wow. Amazing. <laughs> would you not want to see Carrie Elwes play a wizard? Oh, I would love it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, I feel like he would give off similar vibes to the Kenneth Branagh wizard in a Chamber of Secrets. The over the cocky, overconfident wizard. Gilderoy Lockhart? Yeah. Come on, Holden. Keep I didn't I knew Harry the Potter name. Lore. I just wasn't sure if you'd know the name. Please, Holden. <laughs> I've almost beaten Emily in Harry Potter trivia a couple times. Okay. Almost. Welcome to another episode of That One Movie Podcast, also known as Tomp, the weekly show where we discuss movies, games, and TV shows in addition to kind of whatever. Mainly, we just shout nonsense into our microphones. I'm your host, Holden Sutter, joined by my co-host, Jimmy Youthy. It's not Leviosa, it's Swingardium Leviosa from the Book of Saw. Incredible. <laughs> We've got a great episode for you this week <laughs> featuring our reviews of uh, uh, Cruella and A Quiet Place Part 2. Let's do it. That one movie podcast. <laughs> First, Jimmy, we've got to do some toms. Fine. If you don't want to listen to the toms, let's say you're listening to this in 2028, and you're like, this news isn't relevant to me. I've seen old from M. Night Shyamalama Ding Dong, and it's not any good, probably. Maybe it's all right. Maybe it's good. Hopefully it's good. Hopefully. What you can do is the time codes are in the description. Feel free to skip over this if you want to just listen to you know, our reviews for a particular movie or want to avoid spoilers. Again, time codes in the description. As always, jump around then. Holden, let's get to the tops. The Toms! The Toms! The Toms! Toms is a rapid-fire segment where we rate the news of the week in the world of entertainment on a scale of three famous Toms, Broca, Bombadil, and Bergeron. Uh, Broca is the highest, Bombadil, Bombadil's the lowest, and Bergeron is somewhere in between. Jimmy, let's get to it. I cannot wait for like five years from now when nobody has any idea who any of those Toms are. Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> Already right, no on. one knows who Tom Bombadil is. Like, uh, if... if Someone has joined into this podcast post the the first few episodes. They have no idea who Tom Bombadil is. Well, but I mean, surely you will have researched it by now. Yeah, I would discover. hope so. <laughs> I just love the Percy, the Percy Jackson, Peter Jackson, completely <laughs> different people. The one is from New Zealand. The other is his dad is Poseidon. Yeah, one is one's dad is Poseidon. The other one is percy jackson Um, (laughs) (laughs) i love the peter jackson line where he's like well you know we just didn't include uh what's tom Tom bombadil Bombadil. (laughs) he just didn't have a purpose or whatever he's (laughs) like he doesn't do anything with the plot 
or whatever it is. He's pointless. He's stupid. That's why he's a bombadil. <laughs> All right, hold on. What are the trailers we got this week? Well, we've actually got a few trailers this week. Um, three different uh, movies. We've got one a uh, new Marvel movie, The Eternals. A couple weeks ago, we had gotten a, a small glimpse when they released that little Marvel in the like little featurette thing they had. Uh, but now we have a full length trailer. Um. It doesn't. It doesn't really tell us a lot. <laughs> no, it does not. Um, yeah. I mean, I the opening like shots look just straight out of Nomadland. I was like, yeah, I can see this is this is some Chloe Zhao stuff going on here. Um, the rest of the trailer though is it's kind of boring. Um, my opinion. I totally forgot Richard Madden was in this movie. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, and uh, Kit Harrington. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> the Starks once again. And Angelina Jolie. Mm-hmm. Wow. Kamal Nanjiani as well. Yeah, Kamal Nanj. I did remember he was in it. That's about it. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this Holden. I think it's interesting. Obviously, they're like we're the gods. We helped start humanity. We told humanity how to grow stuff. Yeah, how to be that. cool. And then we we just kind of pieced out. You know, Thanos, maybe they're Team Thanos. Who is maybe. it? I'm Team Thanos. I still mm. root for him. Um, <laughs> so I think it'll be interesting how they explain that. Maybe is this where they introduce the real big bad of Phase 4? Could I be. I don't know. Phase 4, 5, 6, however many phases. All right. It could be. It would be a good time to do that. Or maybe there's some, I don't know. I wouldn't expect multiverse madness in this. No, probably not. Um. But uh, being a history nerd who teaches ancient history, I did appreciate there's a lot of Babylon featured in this, the famous blue bricks. Uh, okay. So, so I'm going to be like all next year, I'm gonna be like, hey, guys, you know, MCU's cool, right? Well, the MCU, <laughs> a lot of that is in this movie, man, you know. Go, then that's you'll your also, homework. Go see the Eternals, and they're like, "You'll also be the I'm buzz actually that's not sl- allowed to watch PG-13 movies yet because I'm 12. Well, and then you like you'll also be the buzzkill that's like, well, actually, this this is what they got wrong in the Eternals. There weren't actually gods that came down and did this. <laughs> um, Let the kids believe, Jimmy. Kind of reminds me how one of the places we learned about in ancient India was featured very briefly in Wonder Woman, nineteen eighty four. I almost forgot the name of that movie. <laughs> uh, the Eternals. Hold on. I'm looking forward to this. I like the people in it. Chloe mm-hmm. Zhao is obviously a very capable director. I'm excited to see what she does with the blockbuster. And uh, yeah, very, very excited. I think it looks good. I like how we don't know much about it. There's a big triangle spaceship. Yeah. And uh, I'll give it a Thomas two thumbs up, Brokaw. So oh, interesting. I'll actually give it more of a Bergeron, I think, just because I, even though I am a Marvel fanboy, as you like to point out, I don't know much about these characters, and I feel like this trailer doesn't do much to drive me to the movie, although I am excited for Chloe Zhao and the cast, but we'll see. I'm just a little bit more apprehensive. Bergeron. All right, um, what we got next? Next trailer we've got is Old, the new M. Night Shyamalan film. Uh, we had like a little Super Bowl teaser trailer back in February, but now we have a full-length trailer. Um, yeah, so new M. Night Shyamalan movie. It's all set in like one location pretty much, it looks like, aside from maybe the beginning and end. It's pretty much just set on this beach. 
with a couple of families, and they're mysteriously getting older. Fast. Just the kids, it looks like. Yeah. That's well, interesting. The, well, the wife in the trailer says something to I can't the actor's name, the main guy from Science of Sleep that we watched on the podcast a while ago. He's in this. Oh, but anyway, I didn't even notice. I yeah. just remembered hereditary guy. Oh yeah. Um but anyway, the wife his wife says something about like, oh, you're getting wrinkles to him. So I guess maybe they're all aging, but just because they're older, like they can just put on some old makeup. I don't know. I don't know, but at the beginning, they're like, kids are absolutely not allowed to go to this beach. Oh, maybe. I feel like it's just the kids. I think that's more interesting if it's just the kids. However, I'm guessing that M. Night Shyamalan's just going to go completely off the rails at the end of this movie. Because it's like, (laughs) oh, we're here for a purpose and stuff. I'm like, oh, no, M. Night, don't, (laughs) don't overthink it. Just leave it at the concept. Don't explain everything. It's going to be like aliens or some sort of weird ritual thing like sacred island ceremony i did roll my eyes at that line we're all we came here we're here for a purpose that's a kind of cringy line um yeah i don't know (laughs) it would be really funny if this connected to the unbreakable universe yeah bruce willis just (laughs) is in the cave (laughs) spoilers for glass uh we find bruce willis's dead body after he drowned in the puddle Oh, I forgot that he died in that movie. Forgot yeah, that. I... <laughs> I like how they didn't say from the director of Glass. They chose Split. That was a good choice. Yeah. Sixth trailer editor. Um, yeah, I'll give it a Bergeron because it's like, I don't know. We've just been Split was good, very solid, but I still think there was a better version of Split that you could have made. Mm-hmm. And so I don't know. M Night Shyamalan. We'll see. I'm just like, even if it is bad, which I mean, his track record would show that it's probably more than likely going to be bad. <laughs> I, uh, I, I'm very interested in it. So I don't know. Uh, Bergeron probably for me. You can't spell Holden without old. That's true. It's true. All right. Next trailer, uh, last trailer, uh, but my most exciting one uh, was the Last Night in Soho trailer. This is the new uh, Edgar Wright film, uh, director of Baby Driver, Scott Pilgrim, and the Cornetto trilogy like Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and whatnot. Uh, Anyway, it is a very different from his other movies because it is a seems to be pretty horror themed. Um, visually pretty different from his other films as well. It the, the trailer doesn't really give a lot of plot, although you can kind of like guess certain bits of it. Like um, the main character seems to be uh, is Thomas and McKinsey, who played the uh, girl in Jojo Rabbit, who is also in Old. And I forgot about that until I went and rewatched the tra- both trailers. Um, but she's like, I don't know goes back in time and tries to live the life of Anya Taylor-Joy, but maybe Anya Taylor-Joy is a ghost or something. I don't know. Kind of weird. What do you think? Uh, it looks interesting. I'm excited for it. I, I liked how this trailer was just kind of all over the place. Mm-hmm. The production design looks nice. I really like the visual look of it. The, the premise sounds interesting. It kind of reminds me of in inception how like the whoa uh, the projections the people in the dreams oh, kind of yeah. like turn on you 
when they realize you're manipulating the world. It's like kind of that same concept. It looks like where she's kind of manipulating the past and then the past is like, hey, what are you doing? Wait, you can't uh, do that. <laughs> I like things just the way they are. I'm probably a racist because this is 1930s. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I agree. I, I think the visual style is very striking. It reminds me, it gave me a lot of, I don't know if you remember the movie that came out a few years ago called The Neon Demon. I never saw it, but I just remember like it came out and it has a very, very like similar, well, it has a lot of neon in it, but, um, this, this style, uh, is very reminiscent of that to me. Um, but I don't know. I'm just like very excited because it seems like a very unique concept and it's completely different than what Edgar Wright has done before. So it's him kind of spreading his wings and trying something new. I completely agree. Although I've never heard of the neon demon yeah. though. That was my nickname in high school. Oh, nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give this trailer a Brokaw for the reasons you just said. It's Edgar Wright pushing the envelope of what Edgar Wright does. Yeah. Uh, side note: There was also a trailer for an Edgar Wright directed documentary. Did you, did you get that trailer before one of the movies? No. Oh, okay, it's called like the Sparks Brothers. It looks like it's uh, I don't know a documentary about some band that people aren't aware of, but is like very influential. It looked interesting, but I didn't tell you to look at the trailer because I forgot until now. So whatever. Um. Anyway, on to the actual news. Uh, first, we do have one release date update. It's Wes Anderson's new film, which has been kind of in limbo for a while with the release date. Uh, his new film, The French Dispatch, is now going to be released on October 22nd, which is also the day that Last Night in Soho is being released. So, a big weekend for that, I guess. Cool. Yeah, and that's my birthday weekend. Yeah, jeez. So many things going on, and I will have to neglect one of them. It's mm. my golden birthday, Holden. Is it actually? Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Yeah. Impressive. Uh, very impressive that I've made it this far. <laughs> yeah. I haven't gotten there yet. I'm almost there. We'll see. Got a few months left. All right. Release date news. That's a Bergeron. Release yeah. date's a release date. I'll give a Brokaw because I'm excited for it. Uh, okay, we said last week that Amazon was maybe going to buy MGM, but now they just did this last week. Amazon we just called it. Hold we, called we called it, it, even it. though I got it from a website. <laughs> <laughs> but we called it. We called it. Amazon bought MGM uh, for actually less than I think we said last week. They bought it for $8.45 billion, which, you know, uh, still a lot of money. I can't even quantify that amount of money. Uh, anyway, uh, so that includes like almost all of the properties including james bond which is probably mgm's most profitable um however it was kind of interesting i was reading about it that it doesn't include certain like classic mgm movies like gone with the wind wizard of oz and singing in the rain since apparently warner media owns those films now even though mgm made them so i don't know some of the classics won't go with them but yeah what do you what do you think of amazon buying mgm I don't understand. Like, I do not see where the $8.4 billion of value is. <laughs> like, they yeah. don't even have the technical rights to James Bond, I thought I read. Yeah, well, it's like a joint thing. Um, Isn't it like the Broccoli family, too? Yeah, that's the Broccoli family, I think, owns the rights to Ian Fleming's, like, works or something. 
That sounds like a Veggie Tales thing. <laughs> um, I just like I okay buying Lucasfilm for four point oh five billion dollars. That makes sense. Yeah. I what are you gonna do? Make twelve Wizard of Oz movies and well, hope they, that they I, each I, sell for a billion? Like I don't. I don't I'm understand. not even sure. I okay. I guess I didn't clarify when I was reading it. I don't think that they ha- even have like the Wizard of Oz. Like I don't. I think that franchise is now Warner Media's. So like that's not even with them. <laughs> but like the most profitable is James Bond, and like James Bond, sure it's popular, but it doesn't make like a billion dollars. Like I don't know. It's. I feel like they're gonna just have to like make a a ton of like Rocky sequels and a ton of. James Bond movies just to even make their money back. I don't. I just do not understand. I just don't get it. I I don't see where the value is in it. Mm-hmm. I read other things that they're kind of in the same spot. Like where I don't know what Amazon's doing. <laughs> so I'm gonna say I'm torn because I kind of like the idea of Amazon just wasting their own money and being <laughs> stupid, but also. It's a really dumb. So I guess I'll land in the middle with the Bergeron. I'll give it a yeah. I think it is. <laughs> I don't like that they bought MGM, but I do. Th- I agree with you. It's funny they wasted their money. So Bergeron for me as well. Uh, next bit of news. Uh, so all these Spider-Man spinoffs. One of the ones that's been kind of being thrown around is a Craven the Hunter movie. Well, we have some developments with this highly anticipated film. I know you're excited for a Craven the Hunter film. Uh, it's so it's going to be coming out January thirteenth, twenty twenty three, but uh, th- they attached uh, Aaron Taylor Johnson to star as Craven the Hunter. Uh, the writers are currently going to be the team behind Morbius, so Art Ma- Markham and Matt Holloway and Richard Wank, who r- wrote the Equalizer. Aaron Taylor Johnson, he was the MCU Quicksilver before. That like yeah, he was the one that died in Age of Ultron. He was also Kick Ass oh. in the movie Kick Ass. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was thinking of Anya Taylor Joy. Oh yeah. <laughs> and I couldn't get her image out of my head. Yeah. Yeah, so, no, yeah, it's just another person. Names. It's just another person with Taylor as one of their two last names. <laughs> uh Jack Taylor. Shout out to Jack. He's not listening. Um. Uh, yeah. Well, this is I. I don't know. That seems kind of a bit in a very boring choice. Yeah. But uh, you know, there's been other picks like this that have seemed kind of weird. So I'm gonna go Bergeron, and those have worked out sometimes. You know. I'll give a Bergeron as well. There is some interesting development this week in regards to Spider-Man and the Sony universe. Um. There was an interview. I can't. I I didn't write down what it, their name was. Uh, I just wrote down a Sony exec said. So <laughs> I don't have the name to credit. But anyway, so in an interview this week, a Sony executive, uh, in response to asking about if there's any like plans between like crossing over Spider-Man and the Sony universe, uh, he said this. 
there actually is a plan. I think now maybe it's getting a little bit more clear for people where we're headed. And I think when No Way Home comes out, even more will be revealed. The great thing is we have this very excellent relationship with Kevin Feige. There's an incredible sandbox uh, there to play with. We want the those MCU movies to be absolutely huge because that's great for us and our Marvel characters. And I think that's the same thing on their side. But we have a great relationship. There's lots of opportunities, I think, that are going to happen. That was a very political response. I mean, hopefully it is that way because that means that Spider-Man's going to get to stay in the MCU for a while. Didn't look mm-hmm. like that a couple of, what, a year ago, year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, so I will give that a, but I'll wait a second. Before I give that a Broca, I also don't like the Sony movies <laughs> so far. So maybe I'll say, I, I'll say the positive relationship, I'll give it a Broca. I do think it's funny that, like, we're judging... Okay, so, like, to be fair, Venom was not good, and the trailers to Venom 2 and Morbius don't look very good either, but we're entirely basing their whole universe off of one movie that we've seen. (laughs) So, I mean, it could get better, I guess, but it just doesn't look like it will. It could get better, I guess. (laughs) Um... That's what you said the first episode of this podcast. Yeah, it wrong. did post the first episode. Yeah, I guess <laughs> it did get better, I guess. Um, well, it can't get much worse in my opinion, I guess. I don't know. Venom, I, a movie that I have not thought about. Yeah. Really? So I only think I'll about it go, when we talked about it on the podcast. I'll go Bergeron again. All right. I'll go Bergeron as well uh okay a uh, little okay so way back in 2013 this is like a this is the story is like mostly from my enjoyment but way back in 2013 jj abrams said that he was going to produce a half-life and a portal movie uh it was like at some gaming conference or something with valve he like announced that he's going to produce this and me as a young middle schooler who had just played those games for the first time i was super excited and then you were in middle school in 2013 i think so or maybe it was (laughs) maybe it was freshman year of high school I don't know. I was a soft. I was, I guess, a freshman and sophomore in high school in 2013. Okay, so it might have. You could have been in middle school. Yeah, it may have may have been like spring of my eighth grade year or something. Anyway, I was very excited for this, and then absolutely nothing came about it for a long time. I was like, okay, this is probably just not happening, which is a, a shame. J.J. Uh, Abrams did say in an interview uh, this week that he is actually still working on the Portal movie. It's still in development. The script is actually completed for it. Uh, they're just working on like casting and production and stuff. Uh, but apparently the Half-Life movie isn't uh, happening, at least not with him anymore. Uh, so sad because I do prefer Half-Life, but I like Portal. And Portal has like an interesting world and, and fun characters. I think like... Especially if you got J.K. Simmons to come back and do his role from the game. That'd be a lot of fun. But I don't know. Do you have any opinion on a Portal movie? I haven't played either. Uh, I've wanted to play them. I'm, that's part of my summer plans. Play those games. Yeah. Uh, so let's see. Yeah, I mean, I guess whatever. Um, I'll be at a Bergeron <laughs> again. Well, that's a very <laughs> even keel today. I don't know what it is. I'll give it's it all a that frying pan I just ate. Yeah, he ate a whole frying pan, all the whole thing. Yeah, cast iron. 
Yeah. Um, okay. Uh, so next bit of news. Timothy Chalamet has been officially cast as a young Willy Wonka in Wonka. <laughs> That's right. Wonka. <laughs> I think last time I brought it up, it was between him and like Tom Holland or something. But now it's, it's Timothy Chalamet's cast. So yeah wow great (laughs) i can wait for that one to come out so me too me too uh my alter ego is jimothy chalamet um you wish yeah i do except he's no he's he is taller than me never mind i was gonna say he's not very tall but i think he's taller than me so uh i will say bergeron yeah, Timothy, I'm, he's a good actor, but also I don't really like Willy Wonka. I'm just gonna give it a bombadil because I don't want to see this movie. But I do like Timothy Chalamet, so. Uh, and then kind of transferring or er, like uh, doing a transition into Tog. Um, yes, our favorite segment. Our favorite segment. Uh, we have PlayStation movies. There's a there is a slight update on those movies. Okay, so apparently ten different PlayStation IPs are being made into movies and TV. We know a couple like Uncharted, Ghost of Tsushima, um, and Last of Us. All of those are being made. Um, Last of Us is not a movie. Well, I said movies and TV. Well, fine. <laughs> Um, however, apparently God of War is not one of them. And I, this was like really weird. Cause when I was like going through news, the interviews were like the main interview where I saw this, they were like very adamant to say God of War. I don't know if they were just getting bombarded with questions about God of War movies being made, but they're like, no, <laughs> very stern about it. Anyway, that seems weird to me that out of their 10 IPs, God of War is not one of them that they're being made, making into a movie or a TV show. Um, boy, I can't wait for the Sackboy movie. <laughs> uh, I would guess that, uh, let me see, probably not Days Gone. Probably not. Um, Ratchet and Clank, they're just going to make another one of those. It may be market it better that last one was marketed like just poop um, didn't even know it was out i don't know we'll Horizon, see i guess maybe but i feel like that would be expensive yeah that would be expensive um yeah i don't i don't know what playstation ips do you, maybe there is a days gone movie being made who knows i don't know i'm gonna give that a, a bergeron i guess yeah bergeron for me all right uh speaking of horizon did you see the horizon forbidden west gameplay i did see that holden okay i watched the whole demo yeah i did too um it was funny because i watched it after the fact and i went to youtube to watch it and they just had like a five hour stream where like 98 percent of it was just like the backgrounds countdown. yeah it was it like was the, the countdown, countdown. and yeah. i didn't realize that <laughs> so i like started it up and i was like all right and then i, I just sat there for a minute i'm like oh you i'm a fool. stupid head anyway you fool holden you're anyway. no smarter than a robot dinosaur i'm really not um okay so horizon forbidden west what do you think looks beautiful i mean it mm-hmm. looks graphically stunning i think it was 30 frames per second so i hope there's a 60 frames per second option 
probably will be um, because I'd mode. like to play that game in 60 frames per second. And I was very bummed that there's no 60 frames per second patch for PS5 for the first one. I was hoping they were going to announce that because I want to yeah. replay that. Well, that's interesting because, like, didn't Last of Us 2 just get a 60 frames per second patch? They did. Yeah, so why doesn't Horizon... Like, Horizon doesn't look as good as that game. From uh, what I understand, the way they made Horizon Zero Dawn, like, a lot of it was like a lot of the stuff was baked in assuming it was going to be at 30 frames per second. Okay. Like there's certain things that happen. So when they made the PC version, I guess it was a huge hassle to like undo all that. But considering that they've made a PC version, you would think that uh, they'd be able to, to just kind of copy. I don't know anything about developing games, but I really want one because I want to play that game in 60 frames per second, but I'm like, I want to replay it, but I don't. I don't want to play it and then have that patch be released. I bet you know we'll what I'm get. Saying? You know what? I bet we'll get a, a Horizon Zero Dawn remastered in the next few years. I would not be surprised. I guess maybe, yeah, but well, kind of like Last just, of Us. Yeah, but they've been. I don't know. I like. What is there to re? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I just want a, a 60 frames per second patch. That's all I want, okay? And I want that for Uncharted 4 as well. Anyway, the actual gameplay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it looks it looks like more of the same for the, with some added, you know, gadgets and stuff. Um, I like the big mammoth machine. That looks like fun to fight. Um. I do like I I I especially with that mammoth. I like in the cutscene the sense of scale you get from that the way they direct that cutscene. It makes it seem very big and menacing. Um, the combat with that one human looked m- more interesting than combat in the original game, which which was, was bad. Which was bad. <laughs> Melee combat was bad in the first game. So hopefully there's there's more to it in this one. It looks like there is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it it's not like a huge leap forward in terms of gameplay, but the gameplay in the first game was already like really good. It was already really fun. It looks I'm, like I'm I'm glad there's more traversal traversal options between the like grapple hook and the mm-hmm. and the hologram. <laughs> yeah, I lo- I like that hologram. It doesn't make any sense, but I like it a lot. Um I'm really just concerned about... I mean, the game looks stunning. I don't think there's going to be any doubt that it was going to look stunning. It looks graphically... Maybe the most graphically impressive game we've seen. Um, So, I mean, it looks great. San Francisco, all apocalyptic, looks cool. Mm -hmm. Golden Gate Bridge and the Transamerica Pyramid. Um, Maybe Venom's dead body will be somewhere. (laughs) Um... I'm just I'm very concerned about the story of this game because uh, without spoiling the first game, I just think that story was like a one and done thing. And I mean, it was left open for sequels, but I'm like the part of the story that was most interesting to me was already was like kind of how the world got to the way it was. And that's yeah. already been like all fleshed out. So I just I am very tentative about how the story is going to go. Yeah, we'll see. So, I'm hoping it's good. I really want it to be good, but I mm-hmm. just am like, I thought the 
everything outside of the part that I thought was compelling about the first game, about how the world came to be. I thought it was like very bad. <laughs> like for, I mean, like not even mediocre. I thought it was bad. Um, so, and I thought the dialogue was bad the whole game. So we'll see what this what this is. Yeah. But gameplay looks great. Graphics look stunning. No surprise. Um, and we'll uh, still we'll don't see. have a release date though. No, I'm guessing it's not going to be this year. Probably then. not. Maybe it's be next a dry year. spell for video games this year. I think this is a year <laughs> where indie games could really shine. <laughs> Except God of War apparently is coming out this year. Is it? <laughs> it well, it's as of it said 2021 and stayed up in the the PS5 reveal last year. Oh. But we have not that. seen literally anything about yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so there's no way. Probably not. Um, yeah. No one's releasing any games this year. Sony or Nintendo or, I don't know, I guess Halo is probably coming out for Microsoft. I don't know. I don't care. Um, I was going to say, I think Warner's, Warner Brothers, they're, all their games got delayed too. So like that Hogwarts Legacy and all that. Mm-hmm. I keep forgetting about the, the Gotham Hogwarts Knights. Legacy. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, I don't know. Far Cry Six or something's probably. Oh yeah, that's year. coming out. That'll probably be uh, fine. <laughs> it's got John uh, Carlo Esposito in it. Yeah. I didn't. I didn't watch the stuff for that. I didn't either. You can pet an alligator, I guess. Saw that. Oh, or a crocodile. I don't remember the difference. That's Is that all this we got? Is that it? Yeah, that's it. All right. Let's go on to our review of... What are we going to start Cruella. 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 All right, Jimmy. I'm actually kind of surprised you uh, decided to watch it this weekend because when you texted me initially like i i wasn't even like reaching out to you because i didn't think you wanted to see it at all so i was just like i'll do a double feature of this in a quiet place with mariah we'll just do it we snuck into one of them (laughs) holden sutter you fool you fiend yeah um anyway um so we we ended up both watching this but separately um Cruella the newest Disney live action it's not really a remake but it's like a live action adaptation of their characters um so this one uh, Cruella DeVille from 101 Dalmatians it's like her origin story it's Emma Stone and she's uh she plays her and uh, she wants to be like a fashion designer but she's also like a thief and uh she enters in this world of lots of crazy things happening yeah it's yeah emma stone plays cruella Mm -hmm. and cruella wants to be a fashion designer and uh that's and she but she comes from this little like band of thieves yes when she's little and that's kind of where the plot comes from and she kind of i don't know it gets it gets caught up in a rivalry in the fashion world i'll say i guess i don't know yes. uh this movie this is our non-spoiler review again uh time codes in the description uh for when we get to spoilers if you haven't seen it yet this movie general opinion i thought it was good <laughs> i 
I liked it quite a bit, actually, I think. Um, I, I'm not going to lie. I, I don't like this as much as The Quiet Place Part 2, which I guess is slightly a spoiler for that. But I think I have more to say about it. Mostly because my expectations were so low. Well, my, this, see, that was my thing. It's like, I think if I would have seen this before I heard it was good, I would have liked it more. But then I heard it was good, and I was like, yeah, that was good. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Here's where it strengths, all right? Performances, excellent. Emma Stone's really good. Emma, Tom, mm. uh, Emma Thompson is really good. Emma, Tom, Emma Thompson? Yeah, Emma Thompson. I always forget if it's Thomas or Thompson. Emma Thompson was excellent. Both mm-hmm. are excellent. They have great chemistry. They're both interesting, compelling characters. Uh, that's a strength. Another strength is just the production design, costumes. Yeah. All that was phenomenal. If this I got not, if this got nominated, for, I wouldn't be surprised if this gets nominated for best costumes at the Oscars. No, like not pretty, at all. It's pretty great. I mean, it's a, literally a story revolving around costume design. So you yeah, hope that they have good costumes, and they do. Um. I liked that. I think Cruella's character arc doesn't make sense a lot of the time. Like, she mm-hmm. just turns, like, there's a switch and she just turns evil. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah. and I'll dive into that more in spoilers. It just didn't feel organic to me. It felt like she was this decent person who came from flaws, but, like, had a good heart. And then all of a sudden, no, she's kind of rotten. But she mm-hmm. kind of has this one relationship that redeems her but not really so i don't yeah. know she it is interesting because like they try to establish her like rotten side early on but i don't think they do it enough like they kind of just do it they touch on it a little bit that she's kind of like a no good child or whatever but and like, it's like she tries to be good yeah um I, I just feel like if they, they should have spent a little bit more time establishing it. I think, like, kind of the catalyst for why she kind of flips makes sense. And so I don't, like, I don't have a huge problem if it's kind of like, it's not like a multiple personality thing, but it is kind of also like that. I, I don't think know. they definitely set it up as a multiple personality thing. They're like, they literally do that. So I don't think you can even say it's kind of, I think it is that. I mean, based on how they set it up in the movie. Uh, I don't know. I, 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 it didn't really seem like that to me. It more well, it just not in the like, literal sense. No, I mean it's not like split where it's literally yeah. multiple personalities, but like in the term of like Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader, in uh, that yeah. sense, yes, they yeah. literally say that in the movie. Like, oh, this part of me is dead. Now I'm this. Mm-hmm that is yeah like oh i'm trying to keep this cruella personality at bay and she's taken over yeah the other part of me is dead like cruella. that's cruella not to be confused with crayola <laughs> the markers and the the crayons um, um i think okay so i think this movie is pretty compelling for quite a lot of it i think there's a bit in the middle that kind of drags and i think there's this movie is like over two hours it's like two hours 20 minutes about that you could probably 15 okay you could probably like i i think it does justify having at least like around two hours but i think you could cut out like 15 minutes of this movie and that's mostly just like 
the middle, maybe middle to the end. There's a little bit there that could be trimmed out. I kind of, at first I wasn't feeling the length, but it kind of got to there and I felt they were just meandering a bit. They could have trimmed it a bit. Yeah, I mean, I the, my, my biggest qualm is just I don't think her character arc was entirely earned. I thought it was more plot-driven than organically, like, I'm changing as a person-driven. Mm-hmm. And that's the whole crux of this movie. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. that is the story, is this change. And for it to not work, that is going to knock it down several pegs for me. Albeit, the performances are excellent. The production design, the costume design, that is excellent for the most part. This movie like flies. It has a lot of energy. Um, I do, I do like that. Um, I th- but the for the but the fact that the the main point of the movie doesn't come across organically in a way that that is that seems natural. That doesn't seem forced by certain plot points and twists throughout the story. That's where it's like, uh, you lost me a little bit. I just think the flip happened at the wrong point in the movie. Like, I think if, like, the point where she flips in the movie, if that's kind of the part where she starts, like, you know, becoming a little bit more sinister, a little bit more villainous, if that happened then, and then there's a twist, like, in the last, like, third of the movie that I won't get into, but if when that happened, that's when she flips after having a little bit more buildup, I think it would have worked a lot better. Yeah, and they also just didn't commit to her going completely off the rails. Yeah. Which, I get it, it's a Disney movie. There's a couple points where I'm like, oh, wow, did they actually go here? And they didn't. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I guess, I nice try, about. Disney. Yeah, uh, this mo- okay, this movie is not as much female Joker as I thought it was going to be. Like, I think the trailer kind of made it look a lot more like it was going to be a female Joker. Although, <laughs> there's a certain needle drop in the movie that I don't know if you caught. I was like, this is pretty on the nose for, like, a Joker comparison. No, it literally plays, like, that smile song from the Joker oh, trailer. yeah. I yeah, no, like, I did. Right. I did notice that. I I do want to bring up the soundtrack because I I did watch the Chris Stuckman review before, okay. and I usually don't, I don't think watch, I've even seen that yet. I usually don't watch any reviews before I see a movie, but I wanted to know is do I want to see this movie or not? Sure. And so I did watch Chris Stuckman's review, and he brings up like how obnoxious the soundtrack is. There's so much. Yeah, there's so many songs in, and this they're movie. all very. They're like good songs, but they're like if I recognize literally every song in your movie and you play, not joking, at least a dozen lyrical songs. Oh, at, at least. least I'd say even more. Yeah, I like that's just it means you're you're going for the low hanging fruit. Like mm-hmm. if I reckon because I don't know anything. About, I'm so out of the loop when it comes to like music and pop music history or not pop, you know, but like just major music history of the last 50 years. Uh, if I recognize every song, then yeah, you didn't really extend yourself or it's I don't know. I it don't- just feels like someone trying to be really stylized. But it's just like Zack Snyder. I didn't. I didn't have a huge problem with the music. I do agree that there was a bit much of it. I think the music they chose really helped accentuate the setting of the film, which I liked. But I do think, 
one of the one of the problems and this i guess kind of goes with you recognizing all those songs there's literally like three or four songs that were in the once upon a time in hollywood soundtrack and i was <laughs> having watched that i guess i haven't watched last time i watched that was in january but those those songs are just like they're so purposeful in that film and then they're just kind of thrown in here and so i think that's kind of where the problems lie for me is having that kind of direct comparison of having those songs in once upon a time in hollywood that worked so well just kind of being here and being whatever and the other thing is, like, I thought the score was actually pretty decent, but you just never hear it. <laughs> yeah, because it's always drowned out by lyrical songs. Um, yeah, I again, I, I think this is a good movie. I don't think it is a great movie solely on the writing. Like, any problems I have with this movie is just the writing. I think everything else is, is very solid. Uh, I, think, I don't like how they use CGI dogs. Yeah, uh, that, that bothered was me. Weird. I was like, use real dogs, folks. Like, obviously, be good to the dogs, but why yeah. do we have to use CGI dogs for this? Does this have to be like? It just took me. I'm like, that's a CGI dog. Why does that dog look weird? It's a CGI dog. Like, why do you have to use a CGI dog when it's just sitting next to you? Like, I think they did use a real dog for part of it too. Oh, they like, they used they used a real dog whenever. It- I think whenever it was like just kind of hanging out, but whenever it was doing action, it was like CG. But there was like a time where they were just hanging out, and I'm like, that's a CGI dog. Like it was just doing too much. I'm like, this oh, is okay. distracting. Like it's like, <laughs> why is this like just leave it? Just have a normal dog. Just have a real dog. Yeah, how there. hard can it be to have a normal dog? It's it's this is not called the wild with Harrison Ford. Let's just have a normal dog. Mm-hmm. please i don't know that's a nitpicking though i uh me. this it's interesting because you're you're hung up somewhat on the writing of this movie and that's usually a me thing but i don't know i had honestly kind of a blast with this movie and i think it is because i didn't read too many reviews going into it um i just had like an enjoyable time there are holes in it that we'll talk about in spoilers um but it's a movie that I was able, I guess, for my enjoyment to overlook a lot of the problems it has. Um, and it was, yeah, I don't know. It was just, like, different for a Disney film. I do think it would have been better if it was R-rated. I think they, like, Disney's, like, avoidance of that rating does hinder this movie. Um, but who's going to go to an R-rated Cruella film? Well, yeah, who's going to go to a Cruella film? No one's seeing this movie anyway. <laughs> I'm surprised at how many people are actually interested in seeing this movie. Yeah. I'm trying to remember how many people were in the theater with Mariah and I. I don't know. It was the theaters were bumping this weekend in Sioux Falls. Mm-hmm. Like it is. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there were quite a few people when we went at, at nine o'clock even to the, to a showing. Um, I, just, I stayed awake. It was past my bedtime, and I stayed awake. I had a good time, too. I'm like, I'm I'm coming off as more negative than I am about this movie. I think it's just because it met my expectations because they were inflated by the good reviews that people were seeing. Fair enough. Um, right. Anything else before we, we spoil this shindig? Uh, 
I don't think so. I do. I do just want to. I I want to reiterate because I didn't really say. I think the performances in this movie are really good, and yes. and I think Emma Thompson's villain character. I don't think she doesn't have like a particularly interesting like motive or backstory or anything, but she's like she has a lot of screen time for you to kind of like develop opinions of her and for you to kind of get to know who she is as a character and stuff. And I think that like compared to like other Disney movies, just her like total screen time really helps us like appreciate her as a fun villain character. I think I would have liked this movie more too if I had rewatched 101 Dalmatians in the last 15 years. I uh, I watched it last night after I saw the movie. <laughs> Cuz I'm like they're obviously making references to different things like I I could remember the the house and the car mm. and obviously yeah. like Dalmatians were in it, but like outside of that <laughs> really? it's like oh this guy's probably in that movie too, but I I don't remember. So, oops. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, uh, rating time, Holden? Yeah. Um, I think I'm seven and a half, maybe. <laughs> That's what I'm giving it. This oh, is so funny how we, we do this. Uh, <laughs> 7.5. That's where I'm at too. So yeah, I, yeah, I think seven and a half is good. I, yeah, I personally recommend this movie. I think you, if you, if you like just having a good time in the theater, this is that it's, it is pretty unique it's not i mean it it's not too much like any other movie i've ever seen uh, maybe in terms of like arcs in the movie but it's just in terms of setting and and plot it's it's fairly a unique for a big budget film i like it um evan almighty has a good arc but other than that incredible <laughs> <laughs> a great arc <laughs> go for one one would say maybe the best arc um, I don't know. I never did see that Russell Crowe Noah movie. Nor did I. Um, yeah. So I love that. That's funny how I come off or super harsh and you're like super glowing. And we end up giving it the exact same score. <laughs> um, on to sport. Oh, I was going to say, if you have a, a chance to see one of the two movies we're reviewing this weekend, I would say go to a quiet place part two. I think it's the better movie. I think we'll it is get, too. We'll Although, get to that. Obviously, like, if you haven't seen the first one. Then what are you doing? Watch the first you... <laughs> one. Gee whiz, people. It's a good movie. Go watch it out. Although it's probably better in the theaters. So uh Anyway, on to spoilers for Cruella. Yeah, fine. So yeah, I did um watch i did watch 101 dalmatians after the fact um did you sneak into that one too holy <laughs> which one didn't you, you pay for uh you might be upset to hear this i did not pay for a quiet place gee whiz holding and that's only because i was like doing the imagine math, to stealing out. john krasinski's wallet and just taking 20 dollars out of it hey that movie's doing that's pretty what you well. did i was uh, the reason i the reason I did that was because I, or I was like trying to figure out the times, the best time to go to both at, at once. And it just happened to line up best if I saw Cruella first. So that's what happened. Anyway, spoilers. Uh, I did watch 101 Dalmatians um, before or after having seen this movie. 
And I think one of the things I've been seeing online after the fact is a lot of people are upset about like this movie doesn't really seem to lead into like the 101 Dalmatians as we know it. Because like, first of all, there's the whole plot point, which I actually quite like, which is like Cruella DeVille doesn't actually skin dogs. She just like lets people think she does to like make a statement. I kind of like that. But then, like, that doesn't make sense with the movie where she actually does want to skin dogs. I guess, I mean, for me, I took that as, like, this is her now. There's still more development. Like, she's not full-blown Cruella yet. But also, I, <laughs> you, you said your alter ego is dead. Like, you said that, Yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you said Estella is dead. You said I'm Cruella now, and you're like, I'm sorry, mom. Tried my best, still love you, but I'm Cruella now. I'm Cruella, but I'm still not gonna kill dogs, even though I will kill dogs. <laughs> well, it, but that's the thing. I'm wondering if this even is supposed to lead into the movie because, like, it doesn't make any sense that so she owns like these Dalmatians or whatever, and then she has the Dalmatian puppies and gives them to the people that have the Dalmatians. In the in 101 Dalmatians in that mid credits scene, there's a mid credits scene. Yeah. Oh, you missed that. Yeah. I okay. looked up if there was any post credit scene. I I looked at post credits. I must have missed out. Okay. Yeah. There's a mid credits scene where uh the reporter lady and the like bumbling lawyer uh they both get like a puppy on the doorstep with a note from Cruella and the names on the puppies are the names of the main two dogs from the original movie and it's just like here like thank you i don't i don't remember what the notes said but so that okay so the dogs are from Cruella giving them to these people that she knew and then these people are apparently going to get married later on but if these puppies are from the same litter, that means those puppies are going to be incestuous siblings that have this litter of puppies in 101 Dalmatians. I don't know. It just, like, doesn't make sense in context to the actual movie. And then, like, just suddenly, like, Cruella's going to want to kill them. Th- those same puppies she gave away, she's going to want to kill them later on. I it guess I mean I I think I, she just goes more insane over time I guess is what I, or or it's just separate. Yeah. Um yeah, I just thought that they like they tried to set her up as like oh she's a she's bad at the core. So she's going to like get in trouble all the time. She gets expelled and she tries to listen to her mom but she doesn't. But even that it comes from like I'm protecting myself against bullies. And, oh, I'm just really curious and I can't, you know, can't uh, manage my impulses. You know, it's not like she's actually evil. And then that apple. And then she just all of a sudden she's like, that lady killed my mom. So now I'm evil. (laughs) Like I get like wanting to have revenge, but she. I don't know. Yeah, she that, just starts being like a total jerk. I to saw like an friends. opinion. I saw an opinion online that's like having her mom die just kind of like and having that be her motivation just kind of like ruins her being like completely evil. Like the mom shouldn't have died. 
It should have just like, been that like... That was also just really cheesy when that it happened. It was, Like, yeah. Emily, la- Emily just laughed. It, I... Well, when I saw it, I was still thinking because I saw it before you had like messaged me back about when you were seeing it, and so I was thinking maybe I was gonna have to see it a second time. I'm like, Jimmy's gonna laugh at this bit. <laughs> like what? Like, like the Dalmatian like has the force to knock you back five feet over the ledge, but then the dog doesn't go over. Yeah. <laughs> also, it was interesting how like the Dalmatians are kind of villainous in this movie. Mm-hmm. That was interesting, and also just CGI. Yeah. God forbid we use a real dog. <laughs> Except uh, PETA is probably coming after me. I don't want the dogs to be hurt. I just want real dogs, okay? Yeah. It would um, just look better. Yeah, I... Okay, so... what I had mentioned in non-spoilers, I think it would have been better if once she finds out or, like, remembers that Emma Thompson had killed her mom, if that's the point where she kind of becomes more conflicted and kind of starts doing more bad things, but is kind of like emotionally torn, like I don't want to do this because like my mom would wouldn't like be happy with me or kind of wanting to live up to what her mom thinks, and then the point where Emma Thompson like tries to kill her and then she finds out where that Emma Thompson was her like biological mom, I think that could have been the point where she like fully snaps. But she like, like doesn't snap because then they have that scene where she's like, "I'm sorry, guys, you're my only family." I'm yeah, like, I, and she like dresses as Estella again, and like that's like the figurative death of Estella, and they have yeah. like the funeral and everything. I like how the henchmen were like, "No, I'm not taking any more of this crap. You're treating <laughs> me like garbage." And then all of a sudden, she just says that one thing, and they're like, "Oh yeah, you can treat us like garbage for another, you know, twenty years or whatever." Yeah. <laughs> That was like, what? It does, that's all it took? You guys were, I don't know. That it was, does, that it, annoyed like, me. It was kind of, I, I liked that bit because like in the 101 Dalmatians movie, they kind of still don't want to like take her crap. They kind of just don't care what she says. And it's more played for comedy in that movie, but it's kind of like an interesting portrayal of that in this because like they just kind of are like, yeah, you're kind of evil and dumb. <laughs> So I just I didn't like she just seemed too likable, you know, and then all of a sudden she's not likable just and it just felt so unnatural. Well, she's so likable, like literally everyone loves her. Like she's this like rogue figure in the fashion industry that people are like, ooh, new and exciting. And she's bold and she's not doing anything like at least to the common public. She doesn't seem to be doing anything illegal. She's just like oh yeah this really cool person and like the fact that she's this fashionista that everyone's in love with it's weird i keep like bringing up the original movie but i guess this is it's good since you haven't seen it in a while in the original in the original movie she's living in that hell manor whatever it's called uh, she's living there hell the place hall is, yeah that place is like it's decrepit it's like worn down like no one cares about her like or this place anymore it's so weird and like i don't know if like disney was wanting to have a sequel where there's more of an in-between or anything this isn't gonna get a sequel because this movie like had such a high budget and it's not making enough back but i don't know it's i mean it would be interesting like if they make a sequel and she saw this un- irrelevant yeah and she that's when she like completely snaps and she's like 
goes after the dogs and she thinks she'll make some dog thing. She's like, it's gotta be real or whatever. But they're like, even if they do, if, if they were to somehow make a sequel, they're not going to go that route because this, even though Disney is wanting this movie to be like darker than their usual movies, they don't want their like lead character to be a dog killer. Like, I feel like that's a hard sell for like most studios, especially like, it's the one like Disney. I just, I can't see any sequel where she's going to be like, yeah, I want to kill the dogs. <laughs> like it's, I was I mean, like, oh snap. She actually killed the dogs. Like when Emma Thompson's like, she killed my dogs and made them into a coat. I was like, holy yeah. crap. I and was like, I was kind of hoping that was the case just for pure shock's sake. That would have been pretty ballsy. And then they just completely didn't. And she's like, I'm going to kill her. And then she doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> like just commit you know it's yeah. like rise of skywalker when like there's so many fake out deaths or people dying and coming back to life just like commit to something i do like this a lot more than rise of skywalker i do too <laughs> <laughs> um okay so we i briefly mentioned the, the twist of emma thompson being her like biological mom what did you think of that i it didn't see it du- i mean it was i didn't see it coming. i didn't see it coming because it was dumb <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Dumb. Like it just felt ridiculous at that point in the movie. It, yeah, I like when I saw it. I think I was I was kind of more just I was enveloped in the movie, and I was kind of more like I was happy. I was that I was genuinely surprised by a twist. But after the fact, on like reflection, I'm like, they kind of just did that for the sake of a twist. I guess like, it made her mom even more likable but like i don't think you needed that it just like you said it just seemed so out of left field yeah it was just like i just was watching it i'm like this is silly (laughs) and unrealistic and i don't know i guess it made you not like emma thompson even more but again you didn't need the baroness yeah she's already like she already tries to kill her like like, the only way you could like her less is if, I guess, if she had tried to kill her own kid, which is that what that twist did. But you didn't the, need it. The better twist was when they opened the safe and her, the jewel that was wasn't in great. there and it was on her neck. That was the better twist. Like, that was, like, the organic seeming, like, oh, this is a good way to end the the second act or whatever it was. I also, I liked the twist of the, the like, the moths. Oh, that was good too. I didn't see like I knew something was gonna happen, but I didn't see that coming. Cause I just thought those were like weird gold nuggets or something, which I think is what you're kind of supposed to think that it's like some weird, I don't know, like rock or something. It kind of looked like that, and the way they were like picking them up kind of made it seem like that. But they were pretty delicate with them, which makes sense since they were like cocoon chrysalis type things that was my favorite part of the movie when she's just like outsmarting the baroness because the baronet but like the baroness is also really like she knows corella's still alive Mm -hmm. like she knows she knows that corella's gonna do something now i'm gonna take the precautions and yet corella's still just half a step in front of her a lot of the times and sometimes she's not yeah um which I I love it when movies are or TV shows have smart characters outsmarting each other, um, and that and that was that. So I did enjoy that part. But again, just some of the weird, unnecessary twists related to her character development. That's what I'm saying. Like it didn't feel organic. Like here's this complete random twist from left field to push her character arc further, rather than something realistic 
mm-hmm. you know, that that's grounded in reality to, to push this character over the edge. <laughs> like her mother. <laughs> um, wow. She literally got pushed over the edge, Holden. <laughs> she did. <laughs> what nuanced writing. I, yeah. And that whole like ending scene, like that confrontation with them is like weird because like everyone goes outside because they're told to go outside and they're just somehow so quiet that Emma Thompson does not notice a huge crowd of people behind her. It was like, nobody's like, nobody's like saying something really loud. Like I imagine my family walking out to a place. Like you're going to know if the youthies are coming out of the, 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 uh, Hellman hall, you know what, you know, people are coming out. Like even, I even felt like, even if they somehow were quiet, if they come out and see that this like big like conversation is happening and they just want to watch, like you're still having like hundreds of like crunching feet <laughs> like walk across these grounds. Like you're definitely gonna hear just like a group of people walking towards you. Reminds so. me of this one scene from from Top Secret, a movie I haven't seen in a while, but I remember this part where they're like, they're like, have you ever seen this movie Top Secret? No, it's like the, it's done by the airplane people. Yeah, they're like walking on these like leaves and it's like crunch, crunch, crunch. (laughs) And one guy turns around and he's like, shh. And then they start walking again and there's just no audio. (laughs) (laughs) It just reminds me of that. Like, how are you not hearing anything? Um, Otherwise, we should wrap this up, Holden. This is going to be a long episode. Uh, anything yeah. else you, you want to say about Cruella? No, not really. Um, oh, I did I did want to mention, I thought it was it, her one, I think his name's Jasper, the one like taller of her friends. I I don't think they did, but they kind it, at first I thought they whitewashed him when he was older. <laughs> like... It was like the kid, uh, it was just like, I guess the, like the, the guy when he was older looked white when the kid was like very like black or whatever. It was very odd to me. Oh, I didn't, I'm not as woke Holden, so I didn't notice. <laughs> I don't think they did, I, but like, it was just interesting. Uh, that garbage dress, that'd be a lot to handle. I thought that was funny. How do you think she got into the the garbage truck i don't know how do you not step on the rest of the dress that's what i was pretty impressive i thought it was pretty trashy (laughs) (laughs) Um, i did i thought it was kind of funny how uh the department store display that got her noticed by emma thompson it was just like the ugliest thing and then the of course the fashion world is like yeah that looks good (laughs) that's the only good thing you've seen here in 10 years whatever yeah you could be something. <laughs> She's, I didn't, yeah. Emma Thompson was just chewing the scenery. I she was. It. In reality, who would give that person the light of day? The yeah. Guy? Like, I get, <laughs> so, like, Steve Jobs was, like, harsh and stuff, but he, like, I would imagine he's, like, grateful. Yeah, he's, like, I don't know. He he probably wasn't completely irredeemable. <laughs> I won't speak from knowledge because I don't know him, but like uh, the Baroness is just like, oh wow, this is all my work. Congratulations to me. And she like literally doesn't want to have a kid because it'll like take away from her, <laughs> like the attention away from her. <laughs> uh, I think it was kind yeah. of a funny cartoonish motivation that I got on board with. 
uh, well, that's going to wrap up our review for Cruella. Any yeah. last words, Holden, before we go on to A Quiet Place Part 2? Nope. All right. Quiet Place Part 2, non-spoilers. <laughs> I gotta say, Jimmy, uh, the theater was certainly not a quiet place when I saw this film. Really? Okay, it was okay. It was fine for like ninety-five percent of it, but yeah, believe it or not, like I feel probably close to the halfway mark. Um, this lady literally starts talking on her phone in the theater. <laughs> that happened when I was at the nun. No, I was Did with you. Did you go to that with me? I was with... I don't remember that. that there was there was one movie I went to where someone <clears throat> literally got a phone call. And it was in, it was a Spanish-speaking person. They were just talking. Uh, well, I did. I forgot to mention this. When we went to Corella, there was one like one of those older couples behind us who need to like say recap everything that's going on <laughs> to one another. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it was really funny when they like all the reveals were happening and. Um, it was Emily and I were like laughing some of the times because it's like, oh, that they're just like one of those like I'm not gonna whisper because I'm not gonna be, I'm literally just gonna talk at my normal speaking <laughs> volume directly yeah. behind you. Okay, so the person in my theater was like on they were just like a couple rows behind us and they were like they weren't being quiet but they weren't like yeah they weren't just speaking at a normal volume for the most part. They were like. They were on the phone with, I think, Walgreens asking about their prescription, and they were having a really hard time figuring out if their prescription was ready. Like, they kept asking, like, if their prescription is ready. It was kind of ridiculous. And I eventually turned around and yelled at them. <laughs> you did? I was going to yeah. say, Holden, are you, like, I have, someone took, someone did take their phone out during the movie. But it was like several rows away. I thought about saying something, oh, and I, I I felt myself. But then they like put it away beforehand. I'm like, am I am I capable of that? I wonder if Holden's capable of that. And you have answered I, this question. Yeah. Okay. So I've done it a couple times before. One time I did it when I was watching Detective Pikachu for the second time. Uh, I think I did, I might have described it on the podcast. I won't get into that. But I think I did it another time with Guardians of the Galaxy two. So I, I've done it a couple of times, so I'm not like super shy about it. But like when this when that stuff happens, it takes away from my viewing experience. I like cannot focus on the movie. Oh, absolutely. I'm just constantly completely thinking, pulls you, it completely pulls you out yeah. of the movie. And I'm just like thinking about how much it annoys me, which then annoys me more. So then I'm like, so there's probably five minutes of this movie that I didn't properly watch. Because I was just like thinking about it. And then I turned around and I, it, it was like an old woman, but I didn't feel bad because she was just being rude. I'm like, listen, if you're going to be on your phone, go out into the hallway. And then she immediately <laughs> got up and I don't think she even came back. Like, <laughs> She's probably talking about that prescription the whole length of the rest of the movie. But I, I don't feel bad about doing that because sure, that yelling is a distraction for like five seconds, but everyone else in the movie is probably thinking the same thing. You like, should have gotten a round of applause. Yeah. <laughs> You're like in the dark at the end of the dark night when they got like the triggers to blow up the other like boat. You're like, <laughs> give it here. I got this, guys. I'll, I'll do this one. I'll take the take it for the team. I'll get my hands dirty. Okay. Anyway. 
quiet place part two that was a it was a little bit of a tangent but you know we were already going over that was an interesting story glad you shared i want to see you just unload on somebody at a movie that's that is by far the most confrontational i ever get (laughs) on hands down um yeah like I don't understand. Like, uh, what a terrible, like, the worst possible movie you could behave like that, too. I know. Like, talk on your phone. Um, a Quiet Place Part 2 picks up immediately after the events of the first one. So if you haven't seen the first movie, do not listen to this review because we'll surely get into spoiler territory oh, yeah. with the first movie. But again, this will be non-spoilers for, for the second two. movie. Yep, we'll get into spoilers in a little bit. But first, uh, we'll, we'll kind of go over our general thoughts a synopsis again takes place right after the first movie uh emily blunt and the rest of her family um they're getting out of their they're leaving their home because uh john krasinski his character got got all torn up and died mm-hmm. because of the 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 things from stranger things got him <laughs> and <laughs> Why can't I remember the name of the thing? Do they have names? What's the well, no? What's the Stranger Things name? Oh, um, Demigor- Demogorgon. Demogorgon. Yeah, the Demogorgon got Jim from the office, <laughs> and now the family is gonna go ahead to see if anybody else is alive. Uh, they eventually run into Killian Murphy's character, and and the rest of the plot kind of ensues from there. That's what's in the trailer, so I think that's where I'll leave it. Uh, you do kind of the at the beginning of the movie you get to see a little bit more of the day one yeah of it yeah day one of the invasion um a lot of it was shown in the trailer yeah but it it is an extended sequence definitely worth uh seeing i think i think it added (laughs) yeah definitely seeing when you watch the movie watch the beginning (laughs) of the film (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah i think without without diving into any of the other spoilery stuff or or giving anything away i think this was a really good sequel that i Mm -hmm. think has room to be even better but i think i'm i was like trying to dig for a better combo of horror films like back to back and i'm like alien and aliens i'm like and aliens but aliens isn't really horror yeah i'm like aliens is more of an action movie i'm like i cannot think may maybe conjuring conjuring two like where like what what two like horror movies back to back like this are are better than a quiet place and a quiet place part two i don't know um yeah i mean this might this is up there i don't can't think of many well especially like back to back like conjuring conjuring two both very good but they're very separate like sure they have the same main characters but like it's i feel like watching it back to back you wouldn't get the same experience you would with these two no and that's true i I was just thinking more like series wise i mean even yeah um but uh let's let's dive into reasons why we like it and then um number one i think the performances again are excellent i think that it just lends to the store the visual storytelling nature of these films so if you can't make noise you can't really talk a mm-hmm. lot of it's gonna have to be like facial expressions um i mean they they do signs obviously but even the inflection in that i think they they just convey these emotions so well 
Um, it, so the performances are excellent. Emily Blunt. Um, I forget the name of the the actress who who plays the girl who's deaf. Yeah. I well, it helps that they have like an actual deaf actress because yes. I think like I, I mean. I'm sure they all did their research on like ASL and stuff, but she's there to able to tell them, you know, how to be better. <laughs> what did Mariah say? I have to say about that, I guess. I should oh, yeah. That. she's She said it was all very accurate. She's like a big fan of that actress. Uh, she's in... There's another movie, uh, Wonderstruck, I think it's called. It's by the... It's a movie based off of a book. <laughs> it's, it's based off of a book by the people who wrote the Hugo Cabaret book it's like another one of those um but that movie i think focuses on a, a deaf uh, kid played by her as well so she's like familiar and yeah she said all of the sign language in this was accurate and very good uh killian murphy was really good yeah i thought and I good love american how, accent like, <laughs> i love how like roughed up he was yeah like, he had seen better days yeah <laughs> Um, Emily Blunt's really good at looking like she's about to cry. <laughs> she has a couple like smoldering looks in this movie too. Yeah, she she's does. just like, oh, you don't want to mess with me. Uh, <laughs> I thought the younger brother was good too. Like I thought all the performances were were good. Um, for very solid. Uh, nothing was like that's bad acting. That takes me out of the movie. There were, there was like one part toward the end where I was like this was kind of like obvious that something was going to happen to this random side character who <laughs> wasn't played particularly that interestingly. Well, I don't he's know. Played, he's played by Jimin Hansu. Yeah. I know you're talking, who's like, I mean, he's not like an A-list actor, but he's in like other stuff. It's, it seemed like a, he doesn't even, like the character doesn't even have a name. It's literally like a man in village or something. It's interesting. It's weird. Yeah. Um, that was interesting, but uh, I didn't think that was particularly. I think that was more the writing of what he's like saying. Yeah, that, stuff, but especially the end. <laughs> um, overall, I think this is a really solid, solid, solid sequel. I like the fact that John Krasinski did this, like wrote it, and I like holy smokes, man. Yeah, like I. This was a very like like if you were gonna tell me what the the sequel was gonna be like, I mean I was skeptical when they first announced it. I'm like I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a one and done thing, and I I I haven't seen the first one in a while. But it's like man, this has to be toe to toe with the original at the very. I think least. I might like this one more. I I don't think okay. That's I'm saying that with like a hint of salt because I don't think I've actually seen the first one since I saw it the first time. I think I've only seen it once, but I think I just like looking back at what I remember from the first one. I think I just had a more enjoyable time with this movie and this movie is, and you even yelled at someone. Yeah. I even yelled at someone so I could enjoy it more. Um, (laughs) this movie's also like a breeze. It's so like I did. I thought like 45 minutes had gone by, by the time it ended. There's so much going on. Mm-hmm. And one like it, this is one of those movies that Christopher Nolan does this a lot too, where three three parallel storylines are going on at the same time and they're all climaxing at the same point, um, and it's cross cutting between them. And this film does this at the end of the second act to very good effect. 
Now, I do one of my major gripes at the movie is with one of those storylines, and we yeah, can talk about that. I feel um, like I know which one. And we can talk about that, and then I have another like gripe with it, but it's more of like a what they didn't do instead of what they did, mm-hmm. um, where I think this could just take it to the next level. But overall, like that is, and I have very one like nitpick to go with it. Otherwise, I think this movie is phenomenal, um, and I think that what differentiates it from a lot of other horror films is this emotional core, like. You mm-hmm. like watching this, you are invested in the characters. Like you legitimately care about these people. Um yeah. like where other movies it's like, yeah, I kinda want that person to die now, or they're just stupid or whatever. Like, no, <laughs> this is like you feel like this family exists and you have this tie. You've been through this traumatic event with them through the first movie. Uh you have this whole like out of out of sight but not out of mind bond with john krasinski's dad figure you know that's that especially the relationship with the daughter that's kind of carried through the whole film and how they have to just like move on that and move on from that and try to survive um and i just thought that the emotional weight of the movie helped it transcend a lot of other horror movies I also think that this being literally like a part two taking place immediately after the first movie, like it's not, it's not a sequel where you have to like reestablish stuff. It like, if you were to watch this back to back, this would feel like a continuation of the first movie. So like, it's expecting you to know these characters from the first film and kind of what happened to them. So then they can build on those developments instead of having to like spend time reiterating that stuff. So we're able to grow more without wasting any time. Um, I think this goes without showing or goes without saying too. But the sound design, excellent. Yeah, very good. Um, I did like this. This is I, I can't remember this was afterwards. I did watch the Chris Stuckman and Jeremy Johns reviews once I had kind of formulated my own thought. I can't remember which <laughs> which comment section this was, but it was this username KVG nineteen eighty eight said if you've ever felt the tension of holding a crap at a public toilet waiting for someone to leave only for them to hang around you felt the tension of a quiet place part two (laughs) (laughs) um so i thought that i thought that was funny uh just like the first one there's moments of like i won't uh not violence but like injuries happening that you feel like when emily blunt steps on the nail in the first movie and you're Mm -hmm. like oh jeez there's a moment or two like that in this movie um which we can get into in spoilers but otherwise i'm looking here at my notes uh there's definitely the last of us vibes in this i'm like oh this yeah. is like the last of us i mean even with just the title <laughs> literally yeah. part two <laughs> um so i would i don't know if it's just coincidental or if john krasinski was inspired by the game um i guess people have been comparing it to walking dead as well um it's probably uh, better than The Walking Dead. The TV show, that is. I'm sure the comic's great. Yeah. Um, I didn't notice the music, but I think that was a good thing. It means it wasn't oh. distracting. <laughs> I did want to mention the music. I uh, This isn't a gripe or anything, uh, especially in like the first half. It sounded like Minecraft music. <laughs> it sounded like a very similar... like I, 
I'm not I know Minecraft has had a lot of updates with its music over the years, but especially like probably 2014, 2015, that era of Minecraft, the music, which is kind of when I was when I would have played it. Or actually probably even earlier than that, 2013. Um that's kind of the vibe of the music and and during the calmer parts of this movie. Yeah. Um otherwise again, visual storytelling excellent excellent and uh i i just like the premise lends itself to good filmmaking and then john krasinski delivers with good filmmaking performances very good um and the emotional investment in the characters that's all excellent i i don't want to kind of mention my gripes here because i think they're kind of spoilery so mm-hmm. I will I will save those for the spoiler reviews. Um, Holden, I've gone through everything on my notes. Do you have anything else to add before we go into our ratings? Uh, no, I don't think so. All right. I can go first since you went first on Cruella. I'm going to give okay. this a 9 out of 10. I was at an 8.5 for a lot of the time. But I just, the more I thought, like, what, like, what better horror sequel is there? I really couldn't think of one other than Saw 7. Um, <laughs> um, so I so that and I just thought of the emotional investment, how it delivered. Sure, it wasn't exactly everything I thought it, I wanted it to be. I thought the ending kind of sputtered a little bit. Um, but I thought I thought it was solid overall. I thought it was really compelling. It was a whole heck of fun to watch that didn't make any sense heck of a lot of fun to watch um and i just love it when a movie just makes the whole theater be quiet except at your showing when the one lady was on her phone with the walgreens yeah so nine out of ten that's what that's where i'm staking my flag i'm gonna give it i think i'm probably gonna eight and a half it's good yeah i liked it a lot i think First one's probably more of an eight or seven and a half for me. I do think I like this one more, and I kind of I think after this gets released digitally or something, I kind of want to go back and watch them back to back in just one sitting to see how that works, see if I still feel that way. But, um, I yeah, I'm not I'm not the biggest fan of the ending. I think that's probably where my biggest gripe comes from. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I, and I think this movie is best seen in a theater. Um, so if you're going to see it, see it now. Um, if you're listening to this and it's not in the theaters anymore, I'm sorry. You're out of luck. You, you didn't see it the way it was meant to be seen. Yeah. Um, otherwise, let's dive into spoilers. Alright, spoilers. Yeah, I legitimately i the ending of this movie i did not know it was going to be the it caught me so off guard when it cut to the the credits i did not know it was going to be the the ending well the first movie ends quite abruptly as well and i i think there's definitely going to be a part three like oh I yeah just, it's like and john i think krasinski part three will be, be the back. last yeah i think part three will be the last like i think john krasinski's kind of i'm uh, i'm guessing he came up with part two and he laid out what he what's going to happen in part three as well because this even more so than the first one is like oh well there's going to be another part yeah there has like i 
I think for me, like, I, I agree. The first one had an abrupt ending. I thought it was fitting there because it was kind of the end of, like, everything that had happened and, and stuff. And I don't know. For me, I guess it, I was just expecting more closure of maybe the two groups meeting up or at least letting... I don't know. It was... The fact that they're, they just, like, the brother and the mom essentially stayed in, like, the same place for a lot of the movie... I, it's just weird to me. I don't know. And I I don't have a problem with that in and of itself, but I was just expecting more, I guess. I could not believe Killian Murphy survived. <laughs> yeah, me too. I <laughs> Especially at the end, like, he gets attacked. I was like, oh, he's dead. Well, the whole time, they were like, you're not John Krasinski. You're never going to be like him. He's like, I'm not like him. I'll never live up to being him. And then it's like, well, what does he do? He sacrifices himself to, to save yeah. everybody else. And it's like at the end, I'm like, well, here you go. He's going to sacrifice Here's himself to big save everybody else. Moment. And then it just doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was strange. That was strange. But I kind of liked it because I thought that was really predictable. So I'm glad it didn't happen. And maybe, I mean, there's a now they have more room for him in part three. Yeah, I'm excited for him to be in the sequel part three. Um, I did want to bring up the moment with the reverse reverse bear trap as a saw fans known as know it as uh, otherwise known to everybody else as a normal bear trap. Yeah, that bit that that freaked me out. That was I I should have said non spoilers. This movie doesn't really scare me. I, I think I say every time there's a horror movie that I don't get easily scared with movies. But that was the bit that I probably squirmed the most at. I was like, oh. I was like, a, ooh, yeah. There's no way he's walking on that. Like they have to slip that. Like there's no way they would not have to amputate that foot in real life, right? Well, they said it didn't reach the bone. She said there's, that. Uh, there's no way. Like just in real life, that thing's coming off. Yeah, probably. Get the tourniquet, bite down on. He was the, walking on it like less than a day after. I'm <laughs> <happened>. like. <laughs> uh yeah i was like there's no way sorry man you're not holding the baby and walking around on that thing um one of my okay so going into my gripes i guess i have my two biggest ones number one uh and this is like what was done in the film that i thought could have been improved was the whole storyline with the brother in the second act of how he just leaves the baby in the bunker and just heads out for no yeah. reason. I'm, unless I just missed it. He's like, he's just exploring. He's just exploring. He's just bored. He's got to go explore. And it's kind of unclear what he sees. I interpreted it as Killian Murphy's wife's body. Yeah. Well, I, okay. Okay. That was probably one of my other gripes with this movie is that whole thing because the movie treats it like oh it's like 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 it's a big reveal like surprise why is this like here why would Killian Murphy have his body like the way the brother reacts and stuff which is fine I think like it's definitely kind of weird that he has it just laying there um but like the movie doesn't do anything with that afterwards. And I mean, I guess that's, that's something that like the brother could be weirded out about when he meets up with them in the sequel, but like there's no payoff with that in this movie. 
No, it just serves as a point for him to jump back and create a noise, and then the monsters come. Um, I wouldn't have minded it as much if in the movie he's kind of more not trusting of Killian Murphy Mm -hmm. to begin with, and um, and if he's actually looking for something, like say they wandering around. Maybe that's he needs to get find the oxygen. Where Emily Blunt's just looking for the drugs to help him. He's trying to find an oxygen thing for the baby throughout the warehouse. Like, that would make more sense. Like, mm-hmm. I feel like that's a pretty easy fix. But the fact that he's literally just exploring for no reason. Um, on his bad leg. Yeah, on his bad leg. And then it ends up just being a plot point for there to be a noise. I thought that was a little bit of bad writing. But mm-hmm. that it, and I think it just stands out so much because the rest of the movie's written so well and <laughs> feels very organic, um, except for some stuff in the ending. Um, but the movie up to that point seems seems really good and and seems quite logical in that regard. Uh, that was like my biggest gripe. Um, however, I'd still think the whole sequence with all the tri cuts. And all those moments building up tension at the end of the second act. I thought that was really exciting to watch. Mm-hmm. I did too. And I... It, I'm trying to like remember what I was feeling at the time. Because I I was like... Is this supposed to be like towards the end of the movie? Or like... I, I was... I, I think I was just completely lost throughout this entire movie as to where I was. Because that felt close to climactic for me. Like maybe getting towards the climax. And then there's another like... 20 to 30 minutes after that but then when that happened i thought there was only uh, we were only like an hour in. it was just very disorienting (laughs) for me (laughs) um yeah i think maybe the part of the problem in this film is that it the best part is that moment like it and then it never reaches that height again i would say um yeah uh, i felt like the stuff back with the the mom and the son especially peaked there because it then from then on it was just them like hanging out in the bunker, and then the monsters just out there. Yeah, they're running out of oxygen. Yeah, right. And then the monster gets the door. Oh, I can't quite remember exactly what happens now. It, I saw this a few days ago. Um, other things I wanted to mention. Here's my so here's my other like gripe. My bigger gripe with it. And it's more just what they didn't do. I thought the whole like bad people, like they're people in the world not worth saving was they did not explore that to the extent no, I would have liked. It was to so see. rushed. Because um, I, I fully expected them to like do something with that. Like talk. Okay. <laughs> Another thing is, so those like bad people had like black eyes, which was kind of weird. I thought that was something weird that they never like talked about. Um, <laughs> that looked there i think i've mentioned the movie on here before it comes at night it looks like the infected people from that movie like almost oh, exactly um i thought i was like oh here we go like like it was predictable that something was gonna happen but like that whole boat sequence was kind of creepy i'm like are they some sort of weird cult that mm-hmm. worship this thing like that would be interesting are they cannibals are they gonna eat these people that would be really interesting if this is all starting to happen and then they just get annihilated 
And I'm like, well, there was... And then we get this whole village storyline at the end, which was way less compelling to me. Um, Now that I think about it, you haven't seen Lost, but it reminds me when they, like, first meet, like, the others. And it's just, like, this whole, like, developed society on, on an otherwise, like, completely, you know, like, survival yeah, survival uh, kind of landscape. I don't know what you want to yeah, call it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, uh... I like that just was not as interesting to me. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. Like the movie was like headed in such a weird, interesting direction that I was like, Oh, where's this going to go? I'm genuinely curious. And then they all just get wasted <laughs> by the, <laughs> by the, uh, by the Demogorgon things. Um, which brings up my, my nitpicky real, like the nitpickiest of nitpicks, but the monsters kill for like no reason. They like don't eat the people most of the time. Yeah. So I'm like, why they are just, they like, killing? Destroy them. <laughs> what do so, they eat? That's what I'm like. Well, sometimes they do kind of eat them, but I'm like, I think it would be better if they just were like a predator and that's how they survived and they ate people. You know instead what I'm saying? Just like, instead of just tearing through them, like just hitting them really hard. I just, that's where it was like, it lost me a little bit because it's, you know, make them also, more like animalistic than just pure un, unfiltered evil. That's just like, I'm going to kill you just because I can hear you in okay, your living this is thing. Leading into an, another gripe of mine, <laughs> keep, keep thinking of a, a few more things that bug me. How did it get to the island on that boat? Like it just drifted there? I mean, I'm and guessing then, it's somewhat intelligent because at the beginning, it's is it driving that bus? No, I don't think so. You know, I mean, I'm guessing I'm guessing maybe they just killed the human and the human's just laying on the gas or something when it's dead. Yeah, I, that's right. Like you said, like the ending just kind of feels like the weakest point. Like the beginning of this movie is really good all the way through the second act is really really good and then after that it's not as good like i think it's still solid yeah. but it's just not it's like nine and a half out of ten ten out of ten quality like that whole first part and then it just lowers in quality after that well it's like also when the monster gets to the island then like they don't know how long the boat's been there so what they just have it doesn't attack until they they notice it that the boat's there like it didn't, it's like for all they know it could have been there like all night yeah i don't know um that that was interesting um yeah the whole what's his name on the island the guy i thought Jimin he was Hansu. yeah his whole thing and then he's like oh, i gotta go back to my family i'm gonna make a bunch of noise and all this crashers all of them now you lost the monster it could have gone back to the village yeah um, that was that was dumb uh yeah uh let's see what else do i want to talk about here i i don't understand how i did not pick up on the dive sign being a uh checkoff's gun Oh yeah, I didn't pick up on it either. Um, like I could not believe I did not pick up on that because I was the whole time I was thinking, why wouldn't he be asking for the sign for slide? Because you don't say dive. I mean, like if you miss a fly ball that you could have like 
you know, we're running towards, you'd say dive in baseball, but if you're going into a base, you're going to say slide. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that's what I thought about instead of, Oh, this is going to be a, this is going to come <laughs> up later again. Um, yeah. Other than that sort of stuff, I'm going back. This is separate. I'm talking about the, the guy talking too loudly and the brother being just going off on his own cause he's bored and ends up running into the, the, I'm guessing it is Killian Murphy's dead wife. Yeah. Um, other than that, the, the, the motivations for the characters all make sense and that sort of stuff that just seemed like, Oh, we're dumb horror movie characters all of a sudden and yeah. sticks out like a sore thumb in the rest of the movie. Didn't really mention logical. it, but I do, I, the, uh, I can't remember her name. I apologize, but the, the deaf character and Killian Murphy's character, I like their bond and yeah. their little adventure. Both of their motivations made sense. They're like the Joel guy. and Ellie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really. Yeah. Um, that's literally, I was like this, they're Joel and Ellie. Like this is the last of us. <laughs> uh, I'm looking at my notes. Do I have anything else left to say? Oh, I want to talk about the opening sequence a little bit. Cause I thought that was really entertaining and it was like very inspired by children of men. I think, you know, with all the, like the interior car shots. Yeah. Um, I think it was Chris Stuckman was talking about like how a lot of that was told like from the focal point of the scene was like the characters and the the monster stuff was happening in the background i thought that was a really good observation yeah that, that's like, cool that you know wasn't like oh look this monster doing this cool thing no it's like oh i'm a person trying to survive the situation and in the background you might see stuff going down and then also the stuff you don't see cloverfield-esque um, as well if you will yeah but uh i liked a lot of the the oneers and stuff there was a oneer in corella that i forgot to mention that i liked too um yeah i'm a sucker for those longer extended takes um the 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 kind of the best of which was in the trailer unfortunately kind of yeah so i would have liked to have seen that in the film for the first time and been like oh that's, this is really cool that's i <laughs> after i saw the movie mariah was like oh that that scene was so cool didn't you think i was like yeah, it was cool, but I've seen it like a billion times in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I guess from what I have left to say is I really want to see the the messed up people in this world who are just one of the things I'm fascinated with is like what human nature is when it's a survival situation and how crazy people can get and like how cultish. Yeah stuff right now. and and that's what the last of us does so well that's like my favorite part of the last of us is how like like the winter part where you get the crazy cannibal people and they're like a cult and like that's what i really wanted to see in this movie and they oh they teased us well yeah i mean aside from aside from those people they meet briefly like everyone they've met so far is just like an exception to the rule i assume like i mean an exception to the world essentially because they meet killian murphy who they knew previously and then the people on the island are just like a few people who managed to get away from like and live fairly normally with what they have and the people who were bad like did not get any development (laughs) yeah so more more just random people on the mainland please yeah so i thought that was a little bit of false advertising because that's what they really set this movie up to be it wasn't quite that, but it was still a pretty stinking good movie. 
um, that I yeah. that I highly recommend to people. And now that we're in spoilers, I realized that you've already seen it. So yeah, you're doing the thing that I do a lot. <laughs> yeah, this has been a long episode, Holden. You have anything else to say about a quiet place? Please be quiet. Silence your cell phones. Part two. Uh no, I'm good. All right, on to what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? No, what are you doing? What are you doing? All right. Uh, so this week I've watched a few movies. Um, so exciting. Uh, one of them was Point Break. You know, Never Point- seen it. Uh. <laughs> It's a lot different than I thought. I always like was under the impression that it was like a stupid Keanu Reeves, Patrick Swayze like action movie, very over the top. It is somewhat over the top, but it's actually like a pretty good movie from like the early nineties. Uh, it's directed by Catherine Bigelow, who did like Zero Dark Thirty mm-hmm. and The Hurt Locker. It was like one of her first movies. Um, it's very it's very entertaining. The two leads have like very fun chemistry together. Um <laughs> I won't get into details cuz I don't want to have to put in like a spoiler warning, but I will say the end fight to that movie, I feel like the end fight in Last of Us 2 just like rips off. <laughs> very weird. Yeah, it was like and I mean, granted it is very different tonally, but there's uh I think in some of the context of the scene, even it's like there's there's it's it's not as serious as the last of us twos like end fight, but it, I was like, there's some inspiration that naughty dog got from this stupid nineties movie. Kind of funny. Um, uh, aside from that, I have started my journey to watch all the fast and furious movies oh geez for f9 so i watched the first fast and furious and well okay clarify the fast and the furious because fast and furious is the fourth one uh but anyway this first one is it was really bad (laughs) it was hard to watch (laughs) and i watched it like right after point break and it like in terms of plot it's kind of got a similar like plot and I, I guess in terms of like characters to point break, but it's a lot worse than point break. So yeah, you know what, whatever got inter- introduced to Vin Diesel and Paul Walker and all them. I'll just, I'm going to hold out and hopefully once I get to the fifth one, it'll actually be good, but I've got three bad ones, I think to slog through before then. So I'll torture myself. Um, I watched The Thin Man. Do you know that? No. It's like a comedy mystery film from 1934. Wow. <laughs> so very old school. But I... it's Okay, so it's on HBO Max, and it's leaving at the end of the... Like, so I guess tomorrow's the 31st. It's leaving tomorrow, so I wanted to watch it. And I loved it. I thought in turn it was like still very hilarious. The the lead couple, or it's like this detective solving couple that apparently were very popular in like the mid twentieth century because they had a bunch of movies. Nick and Nora Charles. Um, I don't know. Anyway, they're very good. It was very funny. It it was before a lot of like 
the mysteries as we know it had been established, yet it still made fun of those tropes. It was kind of like a parody without outright being a parody. It was definitely like made with the purposes of comedy in mind, but I was just kind of surprised how modern it felt in a lot of it has this adorable cute dog that it keeps getting like reaction shots the movie keeps like going back to the dog for reaction shots of what's happening and it's so fun i had a ball and it's also like only an hour and a half awesome movie liked it a lot nice um i think that's it yeah um TV. I don't think I've really watched. I st- I started that Modoc show today, that Marvel show. I watched the first episode and I was like, yeah, it's okay. I don't know if I'll watch anymore. Um, and in games, I've just been playing the Switch a lot. Been playing Smash Bros. Been playing that Hyrule Warrior games I mentioned. Um, oh, I don't think I. Did I mention that I, that Mariah and I were watching a show called The Owl House? I don't, I don't think so. Okay. We, Mariah, I think before the last episode, so I must have just not mentioned it before, we started watching this cartoon on Disney called The Owl House. And it's kind of like, it's one of those modern cartoons that is like really, really fun, but also has like a serious story and like good, really good writing. Like, I don't know, kind of started by like Adventure Time and like steven universe and that kind of stuff but owl house we're like most of the way there's only one season out most of the way through the first season and i like it a lot it's a lot like gravity falls so if anyone out there likes gravity falls you'll probably like the owl house yeah nice what about you jimmy uh, all right, here's what I've got. I rewatched Velocipaster with one of my friends. Oh, nice. Like, you got to check this out. <laughs> what they think? They thought it was excellent. That's uh, good. It is good. Uh, <laughs> I'd forgotten a lot of it, so that was fun to rewatch that. Um, I finished Resident Evil 2. That was uh-huh. fun. I didn't realize how like large in scope that game got at times towards mm-hmm. towards the end i don't know it was fun um although i was like that game like those games sometimes give me just anxiety from like i don't want to have to fight any more things <laughs> let me go <laughs> do another like if they make a resident evil game where i can just do puzzles to escape a place you uh, you played perfect. as leon right yeah okay so you had to fight mr x at the end okay yeah um do you not as claire no, Claire has like completely different like bosses and stuff. A lot of there's a lot of differences between the two. Um I but mean, yeah. Uh, so if you ever have a hankering to go back to it, I recommend playing as Claire at some point. I uh <laughs> I never got the Meg gun. But <laughs> but I realized what I did wrong once I was like at the, at the end of the game cuz I'm like, "Oh, look at these items that I had that I ever used." And I just like solved out how to do it and then I'm like, "Oh, this was the thing I needed to get the mag gun." Well, it's too late for that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I guess I'll just store this in my item box for never. <laughs> um uh otherwise, I I enjoyed that game. It was fun. Uh uh, have you heard of this YouTube channel, Pixie Productions, Holden? No. Uh, they have not been active in like five years. 
uh, my friend who who watched Velocipaster with me, we, he was showing me because I, I got like got talked about how I got in that Drake and Josh rabbit hole on, okay. online, and he was saying he was got into a Jimmy Neutron rabbit hole. He's like, "There's this really funny <laughs> Drake and Josh parody on YouTube." And it was by these people called Pixie Productions. And it's like from 2009. It is like old. Um, and it is, I have not laughed so hard in a long time. I like, I was di- like my, I was in pain. I was laughing so hard at this. It is a spot on pair. It's called Drew and Jacob. If you just look at Drake and Josh, like, parody jacob okay i see it's like the impersonations and the writing and the style of it is spot on to drake and josh and i was like dying the entire uh, like the beginning is kind of like okay they're setting up okay this is the beginning and stuff but as it goes on it just goes completely off the rails in ways Hmm. that it was killing me i don't know if it was just the mood i was in but i was just dead. I, I I'm not joking. My face hurt. I was laughing so hard, and I had like I a think, headache. I don't think I've seen enough Drake and Josh. I don't know if it would if it would hit me the same. Maybe um, I'll check it out. But <laughs> um, I think that's it, funny. <laughs> it was hilarious. They also have an American Pickers one that's also pretty good. Um, if you're going to check out their stuff, I would recommend those two videos. Um, okay. they have some other ones that they, the Drake and Josh one was like the clear best and American <laughs> pickers was pretty solid. Yeah, as well. I'm looking at their channel. It looks like most of them are under a million views, except for that Drake and Josh one has like, like 3 million. Yeah. Three and um, a half million. but maybe I'd recommend watch like Drake and Josh full episode and then watch like one on YouTube or one on Hulu or whatever, and then just go check it out and be like, this is spot on amazing. <laughs> um, otherwise, <laughs> uh, that's all I got. I think this, this week been playing a little bit of beat saber too, but oh nice. Uh, I think it's time to wrap it up, Holden. It's been going too long. This is one of our longest episodes. I think it was a pretty good episode. It was a good episode. We had a lot to say. Yeah, so much to say and so little time. We would never be able to think of a world where it's a a quiet place and we wouldn't be able to do the podcast. Yeah, what a shame. What a true shame. Okay, uh, so next week I think is Conjuring. Conjuring, it's all Satan's fault. Yeah, it's all Satan's fault. Yeah, I think that's the only thing coming out. So uh, we'll do that next week. Um, that'll be fun. Uh, yeah, uh, if you want to leave us requests, you can leave us a five-star review on iTunes if you haven't already and put it in that review. Or you can send us an e- email at tauntpodcast at gmail.com with your review request in it. Um, also, you can uh, donate to our Patreon. That's another option. Um, yeah, I think we should, we should, we should do that <laughs> request we've had in our queue for a while. We should do that sometime soon, like double it up with another movie. We'll see. We'll see. No promises. We don't make <laughs> promises around here. Um, yeah. Okay. I think that's it though. Yeah. All right. Uh, adios pantalones. Love you. <laughs>